I mean, the most famous person I think to come out of Phantom of the Opera is blank, is blank, blank is who? Who do you, who would you say, Rachel? I don't know. Who do you think is, is? Andrew Lloyd Webber? <laughs> oh, he's the he's the most famous person. I would yeah, say. I mean, I feel like that's like fair. Every, I mean, honestly, Rick. even like non-theater people know who Andrew Lloyd Webber okay, is. Like fair, but is that like, because of because of Phantom? Hello and welcome to episode six of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your grandson's school production, of Oliver Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, that's right. And we would love for you guys to share the show with all your theater-loving friends, neighbors, dog walkers, and coworkers. Absolutely. That's right. You can leave us a star rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from all you theater nerds. To find out more about the Theater Nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. In today's episode, we are discussing the Phantom of the Opera. I'm so nervous. One day. I don't know why. I think this is so funny how nervous I am about this. It's like gonna be you're great. gonna ask me to perform the musical. Yep, that's it. That's it. You are I am gonna ask you. <laughs> are you ready? Let me get my tap shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no tapping in this one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know you've been practicing for weeks and weeks. But I have been. I have been practicing. I know. Next I know. time. Yeah, next one. Rachel, all right, we are back with our second deep dive, and I'm so excited to be surprising you with a show. Yes, I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. Um, but before we go into your deep dive, Taylor, would you remind dive. would you remind the good old folks at home? Uh, just how deep dives work here at Theater Nerds. Well, thank you, Rachel. Absolutely. Passing the torch. So how it <laughs> works here at uh, Theater Nerds, um, we, are, we deep dive every now and then on the podcast. One of us will pick a show we want to, as we said, deep dive. We dive in like those swimmers in the Olympics. And we surprise you, the, the other host with a show. So Rachel doesn't know what show I'm going to do today. I know, and I'm nervous about it. We were just She's talking nervous. Before. She's been texting me all day. I She's know. been like, you know, nervous <laughs> emojis. I don't know what nervous emojis are, but. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. Yeah. So sense. are you ready? Drum roll, please. <laughs> I'm going to make sure this. Okay. So the show that we are talking about today, and I do want to start out by saying that Rachel picked 
for our first deep dive, a wonderful contemporary um, oh, no. hit sensation of a musical. And I have chosen a little bit of a more traditional um, hit <laughs> of the musical theater canon. So here we go. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my god. For the for the listeners at home, I'm covering Ooh. my face with one hand. I'm ready. Go fog, go fog. Q fog. Q fog. Go candles, go candles. <laughs> <laughs> Is the chandelier so, lights on? Yeah. It's the chandelier. So today we're gonna be talking about the hugely massive sensation the 1986 musical phantom of the opera or the phantom, phantom of the opera <laughs> gotta put that the in there gotta oh, put yeah, that in you know he is so yeah unless the- you watch the second one and then maybe there's more than one spoilers yeah. so <laughs> you know maybe we'll get to that so Uh, The Phantom of the Opera is, like I said, the 1986 musical based on the 1910 novel of the same Mm. name, um, The Phantom of the Opera. There's also been multiple movie versions of The Phantom of the Opera that are not musicalized um, with a book written by Richard Stilgo and lyrics by Richard Stilgo and Charles Hart. And of course, music by royalty, musical royalty himself. A L W <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd let's, Webber. Let's get that music back in here. There we go. <laughs> that the real organ. reason I want to play the organ. You that ask organ. me why. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Andrew Lloyd Webber is really obsessed with organs. That's really, you know, they're all over his shows, even in School of Rock. If you hear it, you can like hear it a little bit. Yeah, love that. I love that. We also, I I feel like we should pause and say ALW has been in the news recently for some very interesting spicy takes about Mm -hmm. the current uh, masking situation and how this is, you know, so we're, we are supporting him as an artist and a genius of you know this kind of stuff but we are not standing behind or taking any stance on what he's necessarily said um and to be quite honest i have not really looked into it that much i just know that at a i think at the opening of something recently was it music man or something or cinderella was it music man or cinderella he was talking about cinderella um but i didn't know where he was anyway okay well if we find it we'll put it in the show notes below (laughs) (laughs) so you guys can do the research yourself because that's not what we're here for now i'm just kidding it's true (laughs) honestly um so some interesting cool things you know before we get into the plot of the phantom of the opera is it is the most successful musical ever um making Mm -hmm. rachel do you know how much money phantom of the opera has made ever over the course of time yes since 1986 um i don't i don't even know i can't six six billion dollars yeah Yeah. that sounds right i was gonna say three three so that's right yeah six billion dollars i can't even fathom that like i'm like 
Ugh, it's crazy. It is the longest running Broadway musical currently with 13,493 performances, which has probably changed since as of recording this right now. Mm. It is the third longest show in the West End. Do you know what is above it? In the West End? In the West End. Is Les Mis? Les Mis is above it. It's 13,964 performances. And number one is the play Mousetrap, which has 28,000 performances. Wow. I know. It's crazy. So, but still, Phantom of the Opera is a hugely successful phenomenon. It was the the album when it came out was even on like you know pulling in Encanto like on the Billboard charts at the time. It was very successful at one. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It was multiple, (laughs) not any other artist or anything else. It was just pulling in Encanto. Um, It was pulling and we don't talk about Bruno, and (laughs) and um. Little peep to next week's episode, you guys. Uh, okay. It'll, it'll, um, it, it, it was very successful in its time, and it's still today. Like you know, so many people, that's their first um, mm-hmm. theater experience is Phantom of the mm-hmm. Opera, which is mm-hmm. really cool. It is currently running where it opened on Broadway at the Majestic Theater, and in Her Majesty's Theater in the West End. Both of them have they've still been running at the same theater. Uh, in in its that's original amazing. place where it opened, it is amazing. I but thought so I I feel like that's amazing. But also, if we talk about the staging of this show at some point, I'm sure we will. We can talk about why they probably did not want to move it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, uh, interesting. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get to it someday. Les Mis actually has changed theaters mm-hmm. so recently. So that's I, I don't know. It is interesting that this very historic show has kind of stayed in the same place. Not as many trap doors in Les Mis. That's true. Oh, Rachel, get ready for that. Mm, that's that's foreshadowing right there. That's like maybe the one fun fact I know. Like how many? <laughs> I think I know. Okay, great. Uh, the for those that don't know, the there was a film version that came out in 2004, mm-hmm. directed by Joel Schumacher and starred Gerard Butler and Emmy Rossum, uh, which we Gerard can. You know, possibly talk about that as well. That's it's an interesting take. You can find it on all streaming platforms um, to buy or to rent. We can put that in the show notes below as well. Uh, so yeah, the, the, I think you know what I loved about what you did with Wicked versus again, like I was saying, we were talking about a very contemporary hit sensation mm-hmm. musical, and I think it's you know we even talked about it at the time how we were a little bit younger when wicked came out and i don't think we realized how big wicked was but phantom i'm sure at its time i mean i read a Mm. thing today that said that there were people like literally sleeping in the streets in the west end trying to get tickets to this like that's so crazy sleeping you know in front of the theater yeah yeah so I think it's kind of something hard to comprehend. And, I, and even at that time, I wonder how, how different it was to today's, I wonder how different theater fans were back then versus today. Mm. Um, that's an, maybe something we'll talk about one day. Yeah, that's good. Thing. That's a good point. So Rachel, I want you to tell our theater nerd listeners out there, can you give a rough um, kind of plot summary of the Phantom of the Opera for, for all the, those wonderful your, your listeners out there? I will do my best. Um, <laughs> okay. I support oh, you. <laughs> thank you. 
I have so many thoughts running through my head. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's set in an opera house um, that is trying to, you know, run its season. And there is this ghost-like being uh, that the people know exist. Um, And they're trying to sell the opera house, I think, is that right? Or have enough sponsors or money throughout the season because otherwise they're going to be evicted. Anyway, that's not that, that important. But there's this main character woman, her name's Christine, and she is just amazing she's the best uh at what she's doing what the opera they're putting on mm-hmm. um and well actually that's not true well she she's in the not. ensemble first she is not actually yes. she is not but more on that okay she is not the best she is not the lead soprano but she anyway has a spotlight and then we circle backs i mean fa- flash forward a little <laughs> there's this roy is he royalty Raul? Yeah. I don't or is he know. just really rich? He might be really remember. rich, but they were friends when they were little. That's something yes. that... Yeah. And he comes to see the show, one of the shows, and when that happens, the the phantom haunts the theater. Correct. And you get this without going too much into all the other things that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. You get this love triangle of sorts mm-hmm. in an yes. extremely strange way. Yes. Where the phantom is possessive of the actual opera house, but somehow that's been like uh, projected onto Christine. So the phantom whom is you don't necessarily know is an actual human until a little while into it Correct. Um, yeah. is, is uh, like in love with Christine or wants her to mm-hmm. shine all the stuff. And then Raul also obviously, you know, they're pals from way back when but now she's beautiful and grown up and like this Mm -hmm. possession and they fall in love and the phantom gets jealous and like who does christine end up with but really the reality yeah and the reality of like who christine ends up with is like mirroring this reality of what happens to the opera house and what happens to the theater and you get i mean I'm sure I missed a lot of plot points. That's like the best I can do. I'm just thinking about all these musical numbers. I know. I have lots of thoughts. Yes. And there's a chandelier and there's a, there's a, you know, there's a lot of time jumping in it too, especially in the movie too. They time jump a lot of things. They go back and forth between a lot of different time periods. Um, yeah. But I would say yeah. it's hard to follow it, it, it. I think the first time, if you, don't know in what sequence things are happening it actually when you were watching it is a little hard to follow because you have you have like three different sets in some way you have like the interaction like you have where the phantom inhabits Mm -hmm. like physically where he is and when people interact with him where he is but then you have the actual opera house that's performing a different opera and then eventually changes and then you have the interaction of like backstage Mm. and all of that is happening on an actual stage while you're right. also in a theater. And so yeah. it is a little meta. Yeah. That's a really good point. I never thought of that. Um, yeah. How it can be confusing probably when you're first watching it um, for, for people that have never seen it, but yeah. Well, great. I love, I think that exactly right. And there's, there's, I think ultimately the show is like, a love triangle between these three mm-hmm. people and how they're and how Christine, the main character is like tossing and turning between these two people that she's 
drawn to and also like this art form that she's drawn to and which one is kind of pulling her in which direction um so yeah i think it's a it's a fascinating it look at you know falling in love and also um you know what you will gain or, or lose from love um which is which you know why it has standed the test of time i guess uh, I want you to tell our listeners as well, tell, tell, like, what was your first interaction with this musical? Like, how did it come mm. into your life? Because uh, I'm sure you have a interesting story about it. I want to hear it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm actually not sure about the first time. So that's maybe a good point. It just is such a classic. It's yeah. like something you grow up listening to if you're a musical theater person and probably if you're not, your parents listen to it. Yeah. At least in some, in some respect. So I don't know when the first time mm-hmm. I interacted mm-hmm. with it was. I would say one of the first times when I started to question the storyline was right before. So I had never seen it done. Uh, okay. Um, and, and up until this point. And then CYT, the, the theater company we were a part of, we did a some kind of class and yeah, two of yeah. the songs were from phantom were you in that class with me i was in a phantom class like it was just phantom it was the no, class i don't think this okay. was just phantom yeah um but anyway and one of the songs well maybe no no i don't think so anyway <laughs> one of the songs um you know is the song uh music of the night which mm-hmm the phantom sings and we all sang as an ensemble and I feel like it was the first time where I thought um is this what is happening (laughs) here yeah is this something one kids should be singing about and then two I mean the song is great so that as an aside but two um but sidebar actually happening but like weird as an ensemble number Oh yeah. No, all of it was weird. It's an ensemble number. Yeah. yeah. But, but so I remember that and like probably not that long after, maybe a year later or less, I was with my mm-hmm. parents in New York and I ended up seeing Phantom for the first mm-hmm. time. Obviously, yeah. you know, I know the story I had understood. I know all. Yeah. It's songs. ubiquitous. It's very much, it's like Star Wars almost in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I've had the pleasure of seeing it twice on Broadway the first time with my parents. Mm. And then the second time I won the lottery with one of my friends and we literally sat in the front row like this, Whoa. which was an honestly amazing. She didn't know that it. fog she, in the face. Fog in I, the face. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about why I love the show outside <laughs> of the actual plot and yes. songs is yeah. the set. But um, yeah, that was my experience. And I remember mm. with my parents going, it was so cold and so outside so it was so hot in the theater yeah that theater has not been renovated by the way probably since they put phantom in so the seats are actually on top of each other and they are the itchiest velvet Mm. red velvet that has ever existed in my mind (laughs) um and so it was like quite a time we sat back in the back part of the orchestra but it just it, it 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 was amazing, even though I knew all of those things about the show. Mm, yeah. It was yeah. amazing. And let me tell you, I definitely went into a deep dive. Mm. Speaking of deep dives, after seeing the show the first time in person to listening to Love Never Dies, which is the sequel prequel yeah. version of this. Yeah. And, um, you know, thinking about all the mishaps that have happened on stage. Mm, yeah, there have been. I mean, with 13,000 performances, you got to have a mishap. I'm just saying yeah and with like 
Can I share my fun fact of like oh, how many travels? Yes, I'm yes. pretty sure. I'm like 98% sure. Okay. I have it on my fun facts. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to spoil that fun fact. And you can tell me if I'm right. I'm pretty sure there are 150 trap doors. You are in correct. The theater, there which is 150. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. I wonder if it was like that in the original production. I'm sure it was, but I don't know like how that is even possible. Like it kind of blows my mind. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How many of the seats in the house are trapdoors? That's what I want to know. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's crazy. Um, that's a really cool. I love that experience too, and I love that you've seen it. You've seen it more times than I have. I've only seen it once live, and it was not a. Mm-hmm. It was a professional production. It it was at my um, university that I went to, and it 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 um. And I went in, it was in 2011 is when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. I knew multiple people that were in the cast. I knew people that were playing Phantom and Raul and Christine. And um, so my family went and saw it. I actually, at the time, didn't know anything about the show. I knew. What? Yes, I know. I knew but that it was like. Songs. No, I had never heard anything. What? No, I know. <laughs> oh my for someone who loves Les Mis I feel like they're classics like the the two of them just so I think maybe that's, brain go together. that's why like Les Mis like overtook my life when I first mm. heard it and I think mm. I don't know maybe I was I, maybe I just wasn't as aware of it I think shortly after I saw it live I watched the movie with like at Thanksgiving with family or something like it was on or something and I was like oh I I saw this and so and I will, I recommend honestly to almost everyone going into a show clean and not knowing, like having no expectations about it or having no, you know, just knowing nothing about it is so much fun. And so like looking back, I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed the show so much is because mm. I didn't know any, I didn't have any baggage. I didn't have any, like, <laughs> you know phantom mask baggage or creepy you know phantom man stalking this girl baggage and so I I I just was just like along for the ride and really enjoyed the 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 staging of what we saw again because you know directors can kind of take their in their different interpretations of it but it was mostly very similar to like an, an original production but I've never seen it professionally done um so i hope one day i can but yeah i think yeah i think again like yeah going into it blind was like really beneficial for me and i think really uh influenced how much how much i like it still today it's not it's not better than lame is people let's just let's just put that <laughs> out there. that's just my my you know my hot take for the it's day it's not an ensemble show in right. the same way Les Mis is either right. so there's that that probably changes it mm. uh, I mean I, two things to what you said one there at the beginning of the pandemic a LW was um putting together this uh the show must go on uh, right. YouTube series where he was you know showing some of his own musicals once a during the weekend you know mm-hmm. a, a pro shot and the one of the first ones was phantom in the victoria albert Hudson, whatever hall um yeah. and With, yeah and sierra bogus or yeah and yeah. yeah and i recommend you watching that it was uh, honestly i was like wow this isn't it was great like i'm yeah and so there's that the second is 
walking into a show blind terrifies me. This is where <laughs> Taylor and I are extremely different. <laughs> I will listen to a show without knowing any, listening to a show without any context, I will do. I will like listen to it start to finish without thinking about it, without reading anything. And then I'll go back and read it. See, I'm so the opposite. I I know, I know. I want context. I will have trouble listening to a show I don't know because I don't know what's going on. And I'm like- Yeah, and I I want the music to tell me and then I can put the pieces together after. But going into an actual show blind, I think I have only- I think I've only done once. I was going to ask you what, what, if if you remember what it was. And this is the problem. I don't remember what it was. (laughs) Oh no, that's not true. I do. And it was a show that was, it was um, done by our repertory theater and it was like Mm -hmm. not a show I could look up. It was debuting. Um, So there was no way for me to know it. And honestly, I was terrified. I mean, excited, but terrified. You know, what about, I, I, you were talking about the staging and things like that. Like, what do you, I mean, we talked about the trap doors. Like, what do you love about the set? Because the set is a big part of the show. Like, what do you love about the set? What do you love about like everything about the whole production of it? Yeah, this is a really good question. And I hope you also answer it. <laughs> I, I feel like there are a few things that come to mind when I think mm-hmm. about the musical without thinking about the plot right number one is the organ like you can't right you cannot think about phantom think of okay just take a quick moment if you know right. phantom right and think about the whole show without an organ it just sounds terrible sounds yeah. like the worst thing yeah. ever yeah so, no it sounds it sounds wonderful <laughs> there it is so I mean, there's something yeah. about this organ that just then the sound of it that's literally each like your entire it like encapsulates the entire stage space so Mm -hmm. you yourself are somehow the audience and also backstage and also on stage it's just like wild to think about which we think is very helpful when we think about the actual plot right so i love i love 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 the org the organ the second thing that i love is the costumes yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah insane amount of costumes because I just want to remind people that it's an opera house so you have all these like sets that look like backstage and sometimes you're Mm -hmm. practicing backstage and kind of viewing as if you're behind the backstage and then sometimes you're watching a performance and then sometimes you're in the lair with the the phantom but either way (laughs) either way there are these costumes that are just crazy and like Christine and the phantom and Raul honestly have like the worst costumes. They don't get to, the Phantom, I think changes like part of his outfit a few yeah. times, but like it's actually doesn't get to change. Christine changes a bit more mm-hmm. because she's in the ensemble and then she is like the lead and, you know, dance numbers, but like you mm-hmm. have actual ballerinas yeah. dancing. So they're in all these extravagant things. And then when the Phantom takes over and perf- they like, he wants them to perform the show that he mm-hmm. wrote, the, outfits are absolutely insane like just insane yeah masquerade that yeah. number alone I don't even know how many outfits and mm. there are in that but it is it's just it's just wild so I love that in the entire production there are 230 costumes that is and insane. yeah that's, that's an, insane. it's crazy okay so 230 costumes with 150 trapdoors like yeah. there how many people are in how many people are working the show that's oh how many people are working the show it's like 120 yeah. that is in 
Same. Yeah, yeah. And 111 wigs, in case you wanted to know. And we were talking, um, that's an insane because when we were talking before, we were talking about how they're like 70 or like 90, maybe like 80, somewhere between 70 and 80. I think there's like 70 in use at one time for Wicked. Right. That is a lot more. I know that you're like 30 doesn't sound like a lot more. It is a lot more when you're talking about wigs. Yeah. A lot more. It's a lot. And I think it's, uh, it also has to do with the time period that the show is set in because it's not like fancy or not uh, wicked. You can kind of get away. I mean, I'm sure pretty much everyone wears a wig in wicked, but Mm -hmm. it's just different. I guess it's just different in phantom. There's a lot of different. It doesn't feel as extravagant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and multiple different shows going on within the show. That's what I think is so complicated about it. But I'd yeah. say the last thing that I love about the show is the music. I'm mm. not like the or- organ, but like the actual singing is so is so good. Yeah, I mean, again, I only know what I've seen. So from what I and what was really cool about the production that I saw is they did they really did their best to like recreate everything that was made on Broadway or on you know a tour or something like that. And the sets were incredible. The costumes were looked just so it's almost like you want to like go out and touch them. Like you really want to like, it's like like 3d. Yeah. It's kind of like you're in a museum. Like that's a really good way to say like the whole show, you feel like you're in a museum, but like a fun museum, like that you want to go out and touch them. Yeah. Yeah. Like a costume museum. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm going to share some, uh, actually, before we do some fun facts here, I want to ask yeah. you what is your or what are some of your favorite songs in the show? And while you're thinking of that, I'll just talk yeah. about how I think it's really interesting that, I mean, the most famous person, I think, to come out of Phantom of the Opera is blank, is blank, blank, is who? Who, do you, who would you say, Rachel? I don't know. Who do you think is it Andrew is? Lloyd Webber? <laughs> oh, he's the he's the most famous person. I would yeah, say. I mean, I feel like that's like fair. Every, I mean, honestly, Ram- even like non-theater people know who Andrew Lloyd Webber okay, is. Like, fair. But is that like, because of because of Phantom? That's what I'm saying. Is that it's interesting that he didn't even write the lyrics of the show. He yeah, that's just when wrote you were the music. when you were going over that. I was like, I think that that is crazy. I don't yeah. even think yeah. I knew that. And even so, I looked it up too. He has never written lyrics for any show that he's written. He's only a music guy. So, God, he has a stick and he's got it. I know. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Like, when do you hear? Usually, it's like either a pair, like we talked about in in our dynamic duos episode, Mm -hmm. or it's like a person that writes, like Sondheim, who writes the music Mm -hmm. and the lyrics. It's just very Mm -hmm. interesting that he is someone that's so ubiquitous that everyone knows. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just find it fascinating that I feel like that he is just someone that has last. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, he's incredibly talented, but it's it's just fascinating to me that he's still someone we talk about to this day, like you were saying. Yeah. It's still someone that has lasted that just yeah. wrote music <laughs> he just, yeah that's crazy I mean yeah I also I think something we can talk about too when we think about really classic shows that have been on for so long it's mm-hmm. Chicago is not quite the same as a classic but it's been on for so long yeah. I, I love I love 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 how so many people who are either already famous come and play these roles or people mm-hmm. who like play these roles do really well and then like 
go out yeah. into playing new roles in new musicals or, yeah. you know, new adaptations. I just yeah. love that. It's a startup for some people and a cameo return. for other people. Yeah. And a return back for yeah. others. Yeah. And I, I really, and I, if you don't follow Phantom of the Opera on Instagram, you should. They're the musical. They're great. I love their content. I started, I think I started following again in the pandemic because wow. I, they were posting random things even while they were on stage and then when they <laughs> came back. It's been really Amazing. great. So I, I love that. And you get a sneak peek into the costumes and stuff. Cool. But in terms of my favorite music, num- musical numbers, I would say it is tied between two. Okay. Um, I think this is very, very hard. It I is very hard. Know. Yeah. I would say that Masquerade is my favorite okay. musical number. Okay. For two reasons, I think, maybe three, but two come to mind. One, if I were to ever be cast in Phantom, which is like a big if, because you have to have <laughs> a lot of talent, you have to do, be really good at dancing for a lot of it, or you have to sing very, yeah. very well. It's not a big acting, not a big acting. No, it's an opera. Phantom, it's truly an opera. Literally an opera. Yeah. So unsure I would make the cut. It's actually opera were, on opera on opera. It's like opera. It's just, yeah. It's like, um, once again, back to the metaverse. Yeah. Here we are. Inception, but, um, opperception is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but Masquerade is the, the ensemble number. Like, mm-hmm. it's like the best ensemble number, if not right. basically the ensemble number. Right. Right. And it is just those symbols get in there and the visual, it's all, all of that. So there's that. This, it's also tied, though, with um, Angel of Music. Now hear me out. <laughs> this is a very strange song, yeah. also an opera song. Mm. But it is like the first time that we get the Phantom and Christine singing mm. together. Right. Um, and I really, I really like it. There's something so eerie about it. Um, I like this idea. It is before things feel confusing to me. Right. Obviously, we don't, before we know that the Phantom is like interested in her as a human versus interested in possessing her like you think a demon might. Um, And so, but it just, it, and like that sound, Angel of Music is echoed throughout the 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 musical. yeah it's like the motif it's like yeah the angel of music it's it's echoed throughout yeah the the musical yeah and it's right and and actually the actual reprise is right before the phantom mm. of the opera song mm-hmm. yeah those are two great choices i actually have very different choices I love that. um ultimately i think music of the night is my favorite song I think it's just gorgeous. It's it's just such a pretty song. Yeah. But you know, when you do stop and think about it for like ten seconds, you're like, mm. but it's so pretty. And I and also selfishly, like I enjoy singing it. Like it's like, it's a little above my range, but it's like <laughs> there are some notes that are like perfectly in my range, and I mm. and it's like really fun to sing. I also want to peep at all I ask of you the reprise when mm. he when the phantom is singing it um i visually remember that when i saw it at the production um mm. in 2011 because they had for you know in the proscenium of the theater they have these like giant it's really hard to explain actually but they have these like giant oh goodness it's really it's like boxes around the theater um like mm. square boxes and during all i ask of you 
one in the production that I saw the reprise one lowers and that's where the phantom comes down and he sings that and he's like above Raul and Christine Mm -hmm. and he's singing to obviously to Christine about you know how he how he loves her and all these things uh and that was just it was just very beautifully done and and incredible singing and and performing and all of that so I do love that one also but the other one I did want to shout out was past the point of no return because that song is just it's it's really it's 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 like got those like eerie vibes like you were saying first of all eerie is a great word to describe the show in general the entire show yeah it was just a tagline eerie come and see and ominous like ominous and eerie it's like yeah you know the phantom of the eerie ominous opera opera yeah yeah so i i think um but past the point of no returns also like kind of fun i don't know why i just think it's like it's a cool it's a cool song so those are my favorite all phantom songs i know but they're just so i was gonna say i feel like maybe you're gonna be the phantom there also aren't a lot of shows maybe there is where the title is in the show I wonder how many there are, but that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I wonder how often that happens when Andrew Lloyd Webber, but he's writing the music, so he's not even writing the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And my brain is just exploding because <laughs> I knew that, but then to think about all these shows that I just associate with him and don't know the writers of. I know. I- There's some incredible music in the entire show. I I don't know about you. This is just my opinion. A lot of it does sound the same, and that's why Masquerade mm-hmm. does it is a great number because it is very different than a lot of the the other stuff. Everything echoes. I, I think there's yeah. this, I don't know. I don't know. I'd really have to think about it. I don't know if it's that these things echo within the, themselves and kind of morph as a meta concept as it relates to like the idea that ev- anyone can be any of these characters and all of right. them. And yeah, we're right. all in the same space and it's echoing and you know, whatever. Right. And at the same time, I think that there's some play at like the organ being used, right? Mm. Right. At some point you mm. have a note that starts somewhere and goes out and it maybe is not the same. And it's just like that yeah. kind of reverberation. I think maybe yeah. that, that's a good word. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder how I much know, they I really have to think about it. I wonder how much they talked about that when creating the show or were they just like, this sounds cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know about, I don't know about it when, when the music was being written, Right. but I would say how they stage it yeah. feels, feels that way. Taylor, what else do you have for us on? Well, on so I do have some quick fun facts before we get okay. to some final thoughts here that I want to talk about um, it. The musical in, it did premiere in the West End in 1986 and won um, two Olivier Awards for Best Musical Mm -hmm. and Best Actor in a Musical. The production opened on Broadway in 1988 and it won seven Tony Awards uh, Mm -hmm. at the 1988 Tony Awards. So that's That's uh, fascinating. Some other fun facts. We talked about the trapdoors, 150 in the Broadway run itself, Rachel. There are have been over 300 phantom masks ever made. That's crazy because they make them for each phantom. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. Wild. Yeah. Guys, it's like it's like going to the orthodontist to have your teeth (laughs) impressed. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, retainer. Yeah. It's like that, but it's for exactly like a that. Broadway yeah. show. <laughs> Just think about metal on your face instead of your teeth, and that's what it it's is. So hot. I yeah. Feel like. Oh, I bet you it is hot. I didn't even think of that. You're I feel right. like you'd really have to do some steam, like a lot. Yeah. Vocal rest. Anyway. Um, in the chandelier, the famous chandelier, there are six thousand beads in the chandelier what? alone. Just the chandelier. Wild. <laughs> wild. Yeah. We talked about the masquerade sequence and how incredible it is. But yes. did you know that there are mannequins used in yes. the masquerade sequence? I to did make it look like there's more people on stage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But those still count as costumes. Yes, that's true. But isn't that crazy? I would not have yes. ever known that. But then I, I, you can't, when you see a picture, and maybe we'll post it on our Instagram, when you look at a picture of it, you can't not see the mannequins now. Like they're always well, there. I, I didn't, I don't think I fully knew that until I went to see it a second time and literally mm-hmm. sat the first row. Right, right. Yeah. And then was like, those are not people. Yeah. And the no, fans are not he, moving. <laughs> he is masked, also speaking of masks, not the same kind of COVID masked but like masqueraded right. behind some of the people and shows up anyway. Love the it. Phantom is. Yeah. The, we may have touched on this already, but Christine in the song, the Phantom of the Opera sings a super yeah. high note uh, at the end of the song. It's called. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. Yes. No, you go ahead. Tell me it's what note It's an E6. Is. I don't know if you know that. Which I is, did not know that. I believe it's either two or three steps above middle C so crazy i just want to say that before we say what happens with this note that while this is happening the scene that is happening in the original production and on the touring production christine is going into the lair to the phantom and she has more than one she has more than one stage cross so she's got to cross the stage cross the stage right okay and then she's on a beam at one point crossing mm-hmm. the stage obviously it's not always her but right. um the idea being she is like running there is momentum going there is movement happening yes. potentially the real christine is not on stage maybe we should not have her mic anyway keep going tell me yes so the fun fact about this and i'm pretty sure like theater people know this like every theater person probably knows this but yeah. if you're listening and don't know this high note is actually recorded I don't know about touring productions or anything, but I assume it's probably the same for yeah. every production, but yeah. it's recorded. So the Christine, what I've heard just in pa- like hearsay in passing is that it's recorded in case she can't hit it. Mm-hmm. Not that she it's recorded every night, but it's there just in case. So that's mm-hmm. what I've heard, but I don't know if that's true. But I feel like you, I feel like part of that song, she does, she can't sing because like right. I said, she's not, and it, in, in that note, especially she hits it. First of all, she hits the note more than once. It's right. a sustained note. And right. I truly think that part of this is not just, not just like, you know, just in case this person can't hit it, but because the, when they're going through a trap door and they yeah. need to check to make sure something's happening to get on the phantom boat or whatever right, through right. the fog. They don't want her mic to be on. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, I'm sure that's not the only reason that it happens, but I do think mm-hmm. it's an important piece. And who can hit that note when you just run across right. the stage? Yeah. It's actually, I don't know. It's, it's crazy because when I first heard that, I don't know, like six years ago or something, I was kind of like, oh, 
you know, live theater. I wonder, I, I kind of thought like, I wonder how many other productions do that um, and how much, how much we're lied to as consumers. No, I'm I just feel kidding. Like this is like the only but one that does that, right? That's what I'm that's wondering. I'm like, that. and uh, how many people know that and still are like, eh, it's fine. Like it's whatever. But I think it's, I thought, I mean, I was told this is like the lore. We'll have a whole time on theater yeah. lore, but like, yeah. I was told that the, that the cast person someone in that cast hits that note. So like someone has recorded it. It's not like, oh, someone way back in 1986 right. or whenever, right. like that's the recording. No, like the, that Christine probably records that. Yes, I read that it was the Christine that that is the Christine every time they like re-record it. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I there are notes that I sh- can hit standing still, right. right. but there are some notes I cannot hit after some, you know, I've inhaled some fog. I don't know. I <laughs> also want to say like she hits high notes live on stage the rest yeah. of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is something very significant right now, 2022 and something incredible is, uh, I, uh, you know, forgive me if I'm saying her name incorrectly, but uh, Emily Kachu, Kachu. Koachu is currently playing Christine on Broadway and she is the first black actress to ever play the role on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Now I did look this up. There actually has been many um, productions around the world of Phantom of the Opera. So there's been many other languages. Yes. Yes. Something like that. There's like 19 different albums of Phantom of the Opera, (laughs) which is crazy. I know. So there have been different um, ethnicities playing this um, role playing these roles um, there's been a oh, lot of Broadway yes there's been a, a lot of Asian actresses in mm-hmm. in the West End mm-hmm. um, but also something in 2014 the first black actor to play Phantom on Broadway was the incredible Norm Lewis uh, oh, I know yay. I know uh, and there's also uh, an incredible um african-american black phantom right now on the tour so uh, it's it's really cool to see i think it's something worth mentioning that it's crazy that it took this long to have the first black christine in the show Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think also i wonder how different the show resonates with you know or Mm -hmm. how like just the message or the story of the show is is translated differently when you have different ethnicities on the stage um but that's kind of the same with any production you know whatever production it is you it kind of you know you get something different out of it maybe when there's not a white person in it but i think mm -hmm. i think to interject a little um is that the whole right idea that is an opera-esque it's a Mm -hmm. rock opera musical right right so it is an actual opera and when you think about opera you think of european very white mostly italian-esque people um and even though like even though uh, opera was super popular and is still super Mm -hmm. popular it's like one of the best things to do to tour around the entire world because will go and they will sing in whatever original language that they're in and then have the title the subtitles at the top I mean that's how I went I went to a few operas growing up because my Mm. grandmother loved them and they were always in Italian and I had to read the little thing that was going across (laughs) the top you're used to subtitles then 
Yeah. So a little bit, but I'm just saying like the idea of operas, a lot of the time they're tragedies, they're very Shakespearean, a lot of white people, a lot of rich people. Um, So there's that. And then you have, you have an opera house set in whatever time this is set in. Mm. And in, I mean, everyone's speaking English. So you think it's probably in London and somewhere in England. I think it's in France and, is where it's oh, set. Oh, in France. That makes sense because yeah. the, the book is set in France. So, okay, yes. still uh, European, very mm. white European. And right. right. I mean, yeah, it's Paris, like, Paris Opera House. Yeah. So I think, I think all of that kind of converges on this idea that like, well, of course that we right. were only going to ha- cast white people. Right. I would say that like, this is ridiculous that it's taken us this long. Yeah, um, I agree. If, I mean, first of all, for many reasons, but if anything, even when Hamilton came to Broadway, it was like a slap in the face of no, you don't have to follow the norms just because history might have looked that way. Right. Um, that does not mean just because those people in history were white does not mean that they need to be portrayed as white on the stage. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So I find it, I find it, I find it interesting, um, that it really has taken this long. Um, but I also, I don't know, I don't know what, how supportive people feel about the show in general. I mean, once again, this show is set at a very white experience right at least in my opinion as a white person right right no i i agree and i think i wonder it's interesting because the producer of this is of this show is cameron mcintosh who he has produced you know les mis and and fans you know huge huge productions and Mm -hmm. weirdly enough not weirdly enough but les mis is actually they've had a lot of inclusion in the show um and so i wonder if yeah like you were saying it's it's just a different time but they're based they're 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 very similar time periods so yeah i I don't know about the setting i do think it's this idea of setting um it's high society it's yeah 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 i want to i have two remaining thoughts about phantom is that so i was gonna pose i was gonna pose one last question to you okay Yes, and it may have to do with your thoughts but okay. my last Probably question not. and our last kind of discussion as we're wrapping up here about phantom of the opera is rachel is phantom of the opera problematic <laughs> no this was not what i was going to talk about that's the most part <laughs> um and we've been kind of tiptoeing around this but i just i don't know i whenever i'm gonna get canceled if i say it's not but i also right. i mean i don't know i don't know i don't okay deep breaths so I think (laughs) probably yes a lot of musical I will blanket statement a lot of musical theater is problematic right because it's set with the male identity as the centerpiece and the women oftentimes and other minority groups Mm. set as the pieces that dance around not physically dance well sometimes dance around the male gaze and the male story Right. I would say that that in general uh, covers this show. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two male characters and we do get to hear some of Christine's thoughts, but she's also still somehow like taken over by her dad, her love for her dad is still, so right. it's like very male explaining the woman experience in right. general. So I want to, I would just, there's that. And very 
not a great woman to woman experience in the show. Mm-hmm. When we talk about specifically if fandom is problematic, I think what we're meant, what we're trying to express is, is the love interest between the phantom and Christine problematic in the right. sense of like, is it, is it bad? Not like, is it weird, but like, is it like potentially she's being taken advantage of and she has right. no place. And then I would even argue, is she taking advantage of him and mm. he has no place? Mm. I think that their relationship, I mean, the phantom is very clearly um, his physical ailments are a manifestation. I think I talked about this in the first podcast, but is a manifestation of his mental health issues, his mental experiences that are clearly trauma that we did not read at that time trauma in the same kind of way. Mm. And so it's played as big and like the hunchback of Notre Dame, right? Like these things are played off as like, he's set aside and cast aside by society because he has this physical ailment, but like also because he has this mental one. And then he decides to haunt and be mean because he's been cast away. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow we're supposed to, I think we're supposed to feel bad for him. Yeah. I do think the story sets us up to feel bad for him, but it does that in a way in which completely negates us feeling bad for Christine. Right. Like I think, I think the first time I listened to it and probably understood before I was like, this is problematic. I was like, Mm. so sad for the phantom. You're just like, he's so lonely. He's brooding. He's like, so sad. He's so misunderstood. Mm. It doesn't matter that he's doing all these bad things. And then you have a moment where you realize that actually that can be true. And also Christine's experience can be bad too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the real problem, the real problem person is uh, whatever her name is, Madame, whatever, and right. Raul, because right. both of them know that they that Christine is seeing the Phantom, and neither of them are like, "Hey, let's really assess the situation." Instead, they become emotional about it and like basically give Christine some sort of ultimatum. Right. Yeah. In very different ways. So that, they're players know, of answer. the of the problematic relationship. Yeah, they yeah. don't. Yeah, they don't address it. Right. And like, we've all, I think, in some level, been in a relationship where we're, mm. where one person is potentially uh, crossing boundaries. I mean, I don't want to undersell potential right. boundaries that are crossed. There are some sexual innuendos that happen here that yeah. maybe you don't cross in, in other relationships, but there are boundaries that are crossed. And then there's this like trauma bond, like they both feel right. so misused and outcast and sad right. that together. Maybe it's like, they both think maybe this is actually what's going to put me through. Mm-hmm. And Christine, mm-hmm. she doesn't quite say not, uh, she doesn't quite say that she w- is not interested fully right. in the relationship, right. but you wonder like, is it a mm-hmm. ruse? I don't know. Yeah. It's complicated. And I I don't know. I always look at it too. Like they always paint the phantom to be so much older than Christine too. Like, Mm. especially the two actors in the movie, Gerard Butler was almost 50 when he did that. And, and Christine was 18 when they filmed that. Yeah. So like, that's just a little weird. And 
technically legal but weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah we don't love that yeah yeah no Mm -hmm. so I, i i love all the points you made and i definitely agree i wonder how it's interesting to me that a show like this it's almost a little beauty and the beast esque of like kind of the stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome a little bit yeah yeah of sure. like it's there's these like interesting points to be made the show doesn't really it addresses them a little bit but not really and then also the fact that there's they're too success like phantom's still so successful even when looking at this kind of like the the initial relationship is like kind of creepy so mm. it's and interesting maybe it's designed to make us ask the question right but also who who hasn't been in a space where they feel like they are overshadowed by someone else and then all of a sudden someone takes an interest in our talent and then we, right. we draw towards that yeah that's christine's yeah. experience right she felt underused and then the phantom was like no actually you're the best and she was like wait i'm the best <laughs> and you're giving yeah. that to me and it's yeah. complicated. I mm. think I think it's complicated. Yeah. One thing I was going to, two points I was going to say that had nothing to do with this. Love it. Okay. I should have mentioned in the beginning when I had first heard about Phantom. <laughs> this is not when I first heard about it, but I rem- vividly recall. There is a Zach and Cody, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody episode. Yes. Where they reference the Phantom of the Opera. They're on stage and a chandelier comes yeah. down. And I just want to say thank you to Disney for that. Thank you for in- incorporating musical theater into mainline Disney Channel uh, original TV mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. The second thing I was going to say is if I had to pick an MVP for this entire show, mm. it would be the little monkey with the symbols. <laughs> yes. Yes. He is extremely important. He starts and ends the show. Exactly. And he's literally a monkey. It is not a real person. Mm-hmm. It's just a monkey. Yeah. With some symbols, a little Love toy it. box, and he claps us in and out. Mm. Amazing. All right, Rachel. Well, that concludes our discussion, our deep dive. And I think we deep dove. We we, we dove, we dove very deeply. We did uh, of yes. the Phantom of the Opera, the Andrew Lloyd Webber Rock Opera. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thanks, Tay. Yeah. Oh, that so was great. great. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. Woot, woot. So, this is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for that week. So what the vibes we have, the vibes that we have are for this week. The vibes, vibes with, with a, a Z. Z. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're totes going with a Z. We would also love to hear your guys' characters, of course. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week, and you may get a shout-out on an episode. Uh, So, Rachel, how about I tell you what my character of the week is? Do it! Yes! So I am going to pull up a little clip of a song. So my character of the week is someone that is near and dear to both of our hearts especially yours 
Uh, it is uh, just a magical little girl and she is wonderful. And um, for those that don't know, uh, here she is uh, right now. It's Matilda in Matilda the Musical. <laughs> Naughty. Sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. Yeah. So my character week is Matilda. Uh, she is just so much fun. I first of all love that show. We both love that show. Yes. I know you do. Yeah. So good. Yes. So good. If you haven't listened to it, go peep on that show on all streaming yeah. platforms. Yeah. Um, but I have been doing a lot of crossword puzzles recently and i feel oh. like that's a little matilda-esque with all the numbers and the oh, letters the all letters. over the place with matilda yeah, letters and, yeah, and i've been doing some reading before i go to bed recently i've been i've been um, i know and she reads a lot listen this is what i'm saying uh with the last name read you gotta you gotta live somehow gotta, live up to read. it i know yeah. I know it's the burden I have to pay. So (laughs) (laughs) I have started and some of y'all theater nerds out there may get on me for this, but I have started for the first time reading Harry Potter and I have never read it before. So I am, you know, halfway through ish of the Sorcerer's Stone and loving it. So yes. Uh So good. Love this. Why didn't we talk about this before? You know, this is amazing. It's okay. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Thank you. It, I'm enjoying it. Okay. So, I reading takes me a long time. You know, I have a very short attention span, so uh, reading can sometimes it takes a long time for me to get through things. As you know, if people know, my wife has read almost 30 books this year already. That's so. Crazy. It is I know. Crazy. And it's mid-February. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's just a take a, just take a moment uh, about your life. And she's in medical school, so just take a moment <laughs> and think about what you're doing. And yeah, just just assess. So anyway, yes, Matilda is my character of the week. I I love her so much. So. Yay! I love that. Thanks, yeah. Tay. Um, I'm going to have my character of the week. And uh, I cannot pronounce his last name correctly, okay. so I'm just going to okay. already say that I'm not sure. And I've watched the movie a few times, and I've definitely listened to the, the Broadway recording quite a few times. Here's how it all started. So I'm going, I'm going out of town tomorrow. I'm getting on an airplane. And for the first time in a little while, though, I've, I've done it since the start of COVID. And I'm just, you know, like I'm, I had a lot to do this week. I had to pack things, had to like figure out what I was doing. And I just felt like Frank Abergale. How do you say his name? Abergale? Frank, <laughs> Frank Abignale. Abignale. There's no R? I don't oh, know. Good. Let's fact check this. Well, basically, I'm Aaron today in <laughs> Catch Me If You Can. Broadway. Frank Abignale. No, there's no R. Abignale. Okay, that's maybe better. I wrote it down with an R, and that's why I can't pronounce it. So sorry to everyone. And also, okay. and there's welcome. a junior in there. Yes, I I did remember, but in the show, I think he's well. Maybe he is with the junior. Anyway, um, Aaron plays him in the show, and there's a specific song called Jet Set, and I love that song. It's so fun. And mm. Norbert Leo Buck is also. Oh, yeah. Here we go. 
do, 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 do. It's a lot of intro. Anyway, there's it's a lot so of intro. great. And they talk about all the places to go. And I just, I felt a lot like of that. legs. <laughs> a lot of legs. Although I would like to clarify, I am not a criminal and I'm not fraudulent. Yeah. Um, but also, also musical. originally played by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie. In so, the movie, yeah, which is a great. It's a great movie. It's a great musical. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Norbert Leo Butts is also in it. Um, Your beloved Tom Hanks. Well, that's that's the movie. But in the musical right. version, Carrie Butler is also in it. Yeah, so you just you should watch. You should watch and you should listen. Yeah, you should do both. Absolutely, Perfect. I love that pick. That show is. Yay. so Oh, so good. It is so fun. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Rachel, uh, if you, you, no, maybe not you, because you probably already know where this is, but, you know, listeners, theater nerds, if you would like to join in on our discussion uh, on, you know, either Phantom of the Opera or, you know, is Phantom of the Opera problematic? Tell us. Tell us your thoughts. We want to know all the thoughts. DM DM us on all the socials. Uh, Slide into our DMs. Maybe not like the Phantom. (laughs) If Phantom was around now, he would probably respectfully slide into our DMs. Respectfully slide in. (laughs) But check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye.